Are you ready to discover and unlock your full potential in God? Are you ready to release the power of God in your life? Or do you sense that purpose and destiny are beckoning you to take a leap of faith? If so, continue to listen to this episode. I want to welcome you to Conversations with Chris. I am your host, Christian T. Howell Sr. I'm going to share uncompromising truth and amazing insights as we partner with God on our journey to wholeness, purpose, and to pursue our callings and passion. Take a listen and please stay tuned to the end of the episode. I've got some exciting updates to share with you. See you in just a few minutes. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Chris. I am your host, Christian T. Howard Sr., and I pray that you're having an amazing week, an amazing month, and in the midst of an amazing year. Listen, do me a favor, share these episodes, download them, and tell everyone you know that Conversations with Chris is changing the world one life at a time. I am absolutely delighted that you have joined me for today's conversation. You know, it's a dialogue. And thank you for all of your feedback, your input, your remarks. It is absolutely phenomenal. And it is amazing to know that we're changing lives and partnering with God as we transform ourselves. This topic we're talking about today on this episode is absolutely critical for the day we're living in. You see, my friend, I believe this pandemic has exposed cracks in the foundation of our society. I'm not saying that all is lost, all is broken, but I'm saying there's some things that if we don't look at and address now, small cracks become major shatters later on in life. It's like a car windshield. Have you ever been driving and a rock or some debris hits your windshield and it gets chipped or a small crack? Amazingly, you can continue on your journey and maybe for an extended season you can, but at some point, more stress gets added on to that small crack. And before you know it, that crack expands until now you have a major problem. Had that crack been tended to early on, wow, we could have saved tons of time, tons of money, and probably gone much further. It is my endeavor during this episode, as usual, to help look at the small cracks, to start the process of repairing the cracks, but more importantly, of helping get a greater sense of understanding of purpose and fulfilling destiny. We've been talking about mental health, mental illness, and the church. What is the role of the church? Or does the church have a role? Is the church relevant when it comes to mental illness? Do we have the right perspective, the right mindset, and the right skills and tools to engage and assist with mental illness? This is at the heart of our conversation. You see, the last episode, we gave alarming statistics that 
according to facts, one in five persons are dealing with some form of mental illness. If you were in a church of 20 people, you see, and if you look down a row, and if there are five people on every row, at least one person on every row has mental illness. The trick is not all illness is debilitating. Illness can allow you to function and have a sense of normalcy, but it doesn't mean that it's not present, that it's not real, that it's not something that needs to be tended to. That's the trick. Not every illness can be seen with a natural eye. And sometimes it's right in front of us, but we're looking over it. I think this pandemic has done us a favor. It's brought us back and started looking at the heart and soul of man more than the external appearance. You see, for me, the pandemic has been the great leveling of all society. It has affected the rich, the old, the young, the poor. It affected all nationalities. It doesn't matter whether you're a millionaire or a dollar heir. The pandemic has affected all of us. It's leveled the playing field. And so now we get to see what makes us common. And I'm here to tell you that even as a believer, mental illness affects us just as much as it does a non-believer. Now, before you get upset and before you shoot me down, hear me out just for a few minutes. I promise this will make sense. A lot of believers say, no, it's impossible that a believer, a Christian, a person who attends church, spirit-filled, can actually embrace mental illness. But let me ask you a question. Mental illness, if it does not exist, then I want to challenge you. What about the other illnesses that believers actually suffer with or attack with, whichever terminology you use? What about diabetes? What about high blood pressure, arthritis, COVID? What about even broken bones? You see, my friend, there's no difference in an illness. And if believers can wrestle with all of those illnesses, my friend, I'm here to tell you, mental illness can rest and reside with the believer as well. Here becomes part of our great dilemma. We don't demonize high blood pressure. We don't demonize sugar imbalances. Listen, come on, let's tell the truth. We pop Tylenol at the same rate. Oh, don't, never mind, I'll leave that alone. I'm just trying to get you to see that if we normalize all illnesses, then maybe we can start providing solutions for them. Now, let me be emphatic. I don't believe it's God's will for any illness to exist with any human. I believe it's God's will. I believe it's his purpose. As a matter of fact, I believe the Bible. Jesus said he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to redeem us from the curse. 
He came to redeem us from the penalty of the law. As a matter of fact, John 10.10 says, and I'm just paraphrasing the end part, he came that we may have life, and that life that we have that he gives, he wants us to have it more abundantly, according to other translations, to the full till it overflows. Therefore, I'm going to categorize mental illness the same as an autoimmune disease, the same as a sugar disease, or even a heart disease. They're all depriving us of life. You see, here is the great challenge. And I hope you hear me and hear me with your heart. Because the church pulled out of mental illness so long ago, we stigmatize it as demonic. Every person who has a imbalance in their brain, unhealthy thinking, people that have been traumatized. We've kind of said it's a spirit. We've told them they need to pray more, fast more, just believe God more. Haven't you heard that phrase? Haven't you heard that counsel being given out to good people who are looking for help? Do you realize that by placing the burden and the problem on the individual, we're saying we have no help for you. It's a problem between you and God. That's not our lane. We can't do anything about it. And rightfully, we do use scripture. We must renew our mind. We must allow this mind to be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. But my friend, to simply chalk up mental illness as demonic would mean every person in the church on any medicine has an evil spirit. It means and it implies that heart disease, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, are all the results of demonization. It actually, we're implying, and it does mean, if our theory is correct, that sickle cell, Anything that does not make us appear normal, it's demonic. But my friend, I think it's time to really let this pandemic level the playing field that there is no illness that is greater or worse than any other. I think it's time that we really look at mental health and start providing solutions. Now, let's go back to the statistics for a minute. If one in five are affected by mental illness, what does that really look like? Well, let's even ask a harder question. If we know what mental illness sounds like, how then do we define good mental health? What's the definition of good? We label everything as bad. Then what's the standard for good? Well, let me give you just a few answers from textbook. You see, textbook talks about good mental health, about feeling positive about ourselves and others. Having good, healthy emotions and relationships. It talks about having resilience. It's really the 
the the the the totality of striking a balance in social, emotional, and psychological areas of life. Here is the challenge. The key word they often use is balance. Balance, well, that's a tricky word to define. What's balance? What is it? What's balance for you is not the same as balance for me. Therefore, to the CEO who's managing billions of dollars and the janitor who's cleaning the same building, what they may be required to balance is totally different. In the church, the first time visitor has a total different experience, but then a total different level of responsibility as the senior leader. You see, balance is relative to the position we're sitting in. So good mental health is quite tricky to define. But by using the word balance, it allows us to start contemplating that if we have patterns of unhealthy relationships, we have patterns of not being able to express emotions healthily or maintain them healthily and have a balance. Maybe we're affected by some sort of illness. You know, he did come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Let me use a scripture here because I want to kick over something and I want to use scripture to carefully tear down this mental construct we have in the church. For all who say that all mental illness is a result of sin, let's look at the scriptures. Do you remember over in the book of John chapter 9? There was a blind man and Jesus walking by. He saw a blind man. Amazingly, this man was blind from his birth. He was blind his whole life. It doesn't quite say how old he was, but interestingly, he's not called a child. He's a man. So this condition, it was there for a while. Those that walked close to him, his disciples, they asked him, they said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, the prevailing thought of that day was that all conditions were a result of sin. While the church has not moved the needle as far as we think. Their thinking was someone had to have violated God's law. This isn't normal. This man is blind and God actually comes to restore Jesus. They had seen him heal. They had seen him cleanse people. They had seen him forgive sins as in other chapters. And in forgiving sins, the man got up and walked. So there was always this stigma that physical conditions were directly related to sin. And so the disciples asked the question, 
that many of us approach many illnesses, including mental illness with. Who did sin? What happened wrong? Something must be off. This condition, you got it, is a result of wrongdoing. But Jesus, amazingly, he answered them. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, this man nor his parents have sinned. They've not done anything wrong. He shocked them. He said they did nothing to contribute to this condition. Yes, the man was blind, but it wasn't anything that they did wrong. Jesus debunked the myth permanently that every mental illness, every physical illness, every emotional illness is a direct result of sin. He nor his parents did anything wrong. You see, he simply said, this condition exists so that the works of God should become clear to everyone else. That blindness wasn't because of sin, but that blindness existed so that the world could learn the healing power of God. What if we applied the same principle to mental illness? That it wasn't because someone sinned. It wasn't always an overdose. It wasn't always uh, uh, someone who's fallen off a bike and knocked screws loose, as people say erroneously. What if some conditions exist just so like then, we could be the Jesus in the earth. We could be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we could allow the glory of God, the healing power of God to manifest. And others get converted because they know that God still heals. I believe God. But if we shun, if we avoid, if we draw back from mental illness, my friend, and the power of God can never show up in humanity. It's amazing. I am a preacher's kid. I love the gospel. I love healing meetings. I love God using me to heal others. We call for others to come out of wheelchairs, to throw their crutches down, tumors to shrink, limbs to grow. We restore families. We even heal finances. But when was the last time that you heard someone say, if you're struggling with any imbalance in your mind, God wants to heal you. We're going to engage this process with you and God's going to restore you and make you whole. Let me let you think about that for a second. It's probably been a long, long time or never if you've ever heard that. Wow. If one in five people on the earth are affected by mental illness and you've never heard the church, you've never heard leaders, you never had preachers talk about it, address it, offer hope, help or healing or wholeness. I think we're missing
something major in our congregations. Not only the congregations you see, but in the world. I'm simply saying that if we normalize mental illness like we do every other illness, maybe we'll make room for those struggling with it to show up in church and to be transformed by the healing power of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying it's a formula or secret method, but I am saying if we'll welcome the drug addict, we'll welcome the prostitute, we'll say he's married to the backslider, doesn't he surely care about those affected by mental illness? Well, I believe the answer is yes. That means we can't shun away the homeless. We can't shun away those in poverty. You see, I think it's time to take this gospel beyond the four walls. I think it's time that we get back in the world and not hide from it. We've got to make the church a safe place for all who suffer, no matter what the suffering comes from. We've got to begin to equip our churches and teach them on the healing power of Jesus Christ, not just for broken bones and broken homes, but also for the broken at heart and those who have a broken mind. We've got to remove the stigma and really address it head on. We got to treat those and the family members of those affected by mental illness the same as we would with anyone who suffers from any pain. We've got to give them space to talk about it. Let's have a support group and a prayer group for those affected with it. You see, I think one thing we've learned is that mental illness then becomes an invisible member in every congregation. It's the one person we can't see, but they're there. Maybe the person you feel like isn't engaging as much. They're not as uh, uh, vigorous. They're not as passionate. Maybe we ought to ask questions more than we point fingers. Did you not know, and this may be shocking, that suicide affects church members the same way it does world people, as we call them? What is the church? What is the world? The earth is the Lord to the fullness thereof. He's not just here for those in the building. He loved the whole world. I'm telling you, we've got to become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. The church has to return to its roots of healing the souls of man. We've got to start looking at the mind. I believe in prayer, but my friend, those with a distressed mind can't always engage in prayer properly. Sometimes they need to have a conversation, not about a lack of faith, but what's really going on. Let me be clear. Let me be transparent. Even I myself, I'm sure at times I've prayed for someone, probably like many of you, 
and we rushed through a prayer. But my friend, the follow-up was far from there. If existed at all. We prayed to prayer faith. We believed in the Lord. But did you not know that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways? Double-minded. It's not just demonic. Double-minded. Greek word dipsukos. Double-souled. Two minds. I believe, but I don't believe. I'm happy, but then I'm sad. I'm strong, and then I'm weak. It causes instability. And my friend, that instability, as the Bible says, blocks that believer from receiving. Maybe it's time that we wake up. Jesus engaged a person with mental illness. And the man was restored whole. Now, I'm not coming against any practice, any belief. I'm not even coming against anything that we've done or not done. The Bible said we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I believe that we've got to really learn. We've got to really figure this out and start researching the scriptures and the science. As a matter of fact, my friend, I believe that we can merge the scriptures and the science and see a bigger picture, help understand, wait a minute, my religious friends may get upset over that statement. But when a person has cancer, we don't shun the imaging reports. That's a byproduct of science. When a person has near heart failure, we don't shun the imaging reports. That's a byproduct of science. When a woman is pregnant, we don't shun the imaging reports. That's a product of science. We simply use them as another tool and we still believe God. Well, my friend, what if we allowed some of the same science? What if the great physician, Jesus Christ, made diagnostics, made assessments, and what if we use that coupled with our faith and engage those with mental illness? I think the results will be absolutely amazing. I think we'd reach the masses because one in five are affected. You want to grow your base? You want to grow your business? You want to embrace your calling? You want to grow your ministry? My friend, don't keep looking for those who are already saved. Be like Jesus. I didn't come for those that are well. I don't know if we caught that in the scriptures. Those that are whole don't need a physician. I came for those who are not well. I came for those who are affected. I came for those who are impacted by any illness, by any disease, by anything that breaks their balance and harmonious living. If that's you, then God wants to use you to heal those with mental illness. Now, before we get finished, 
Let's be clear. We're not always talking about the extremes of mental illness. Far too often, we become extremists. We're not talking about simply people who battle with schizophrenia. No. Did you not know that anxiety is considered mental illness? Depression is considered mental illness? And I am more than 100% positive that if we look up and down the aisles of our sanctuaries, we're lifting our hands on Sunday and many of us are nervous and anxious on Monday. We're excited during Bible study or midweek service. But after church is over, doom and gloom fills the air. We're afraid. There are people being abused. Their mind has been taken over. They don't have hope. They're in despair. My friend, they're affected by mental illness. And if you want to really engage the lost and win them at any cost, then we better get back to our roots. Remember in the last episode, I was really clear. History records that mental illness first began being tackled by the religious community. Although sometimes unhealthy, we believe we had the answer. We somehow pulled back and allowed medicine and government to manage mental illness. But you see, my friend, there's just one challenge. They don't want to be managed. They want to be made whole. And I'm simply presenting this to you today. That mental illness, there's a cure for it. There's a cure for diabetes. There's a cure for cancer. There's a cure for COVID. There's a cure for almost everything else. It's in the word of God. It's Jesus Christ. But he uses men like me and you. He uses women who will take up the challenge, who will step in, who will get off the sidelines and get into the game. Go ye into all the world. Don't pass by them. Go to them. My friend, the church must engage mental illness and mental health. And we've got to become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give some strategies, some tools, some tips, and some indicators in the upcoming episodes. I think you'll find you're more capable and more qualified because the Spirit of God is in you. Just join me on the next episode. I promise you, we're going to equip you to get in the game. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Chris. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Conversations with Chris podcast. If you like what you heard today, you can visit www.christiantheowell.com for more information concerning books, blogs, 
information on spiritual growth and development, and even some of the services we provide, such as coaching, therapy, and deliverance sessions. Also, you can find more information about all that we do at www.overcomersmovement.org. Listen, we are everywhere on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Apostle Chris or look for Overcomers Movement. Look, I enjoyed this time with you today. Before we leave, please take a moment at the end and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If this session has been valuable to you, please share it with a friend, spread the word, tell them that Conversations with Chris is happening every week. Listen, our hearts are for you. You are born of God. You are an overcomer. You have the victory, and we'll see you next week. Take care.